If you have your Bibles this morning, we've been, we're ministering this month uh, on the area of healing and divine health and the wonderful things God declares in his word. Uh, in my few years of ministry, um, this is an area where there's sometimes arguments, there's sometimes a dispute, what God will do and what God won't do. But how many know we have one authority, one final authority? It's the word of God. I didn't come this morning to give my opinion on this. I didn't come to give, you know, uh, what's, what so-and-so said. But I want to know what the Lord has to say about my healing and about walking in that place. The Bible says there's a place where the wicked one touches you not. If that's what the Word of God declares, then guess what? I can walk in a place of health, not just healing. See, I, I remember a story about a, a, a million J uh, Jews that left uh, Egypt and the Bible says there wasn't one sick or feeble among them. And they weren't all 18 years old, Brother Adrian. Some of them were in their hundreds. And they walked out of this. It says the shoes, the leather on their shoes didn't wear out. That's provision. That's a supernatural thing the Lord does. But if he did it for one, he'll do it for all. Amen? If you have your Bibles, I want to minister in this area this morning, how to receive healing. I'm just going to preface it with a couple of scriptures. We're going to jump around a little bit, so get your, your Bible finger active, and we're going to run. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8, first of all. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ready to receive today? Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that this morning revelation, wisdom, and knowledge flows into the hearts of every believer. Give us ears to hear, a heart to know and to follow. We thank you that your word not conforms us, but transforms us, Lord. That our minds are renewed today, Lord. That the truth of your word, Lord, is dismantling every lie, every preconceived idea. It bows its knee to the authority of your word today, Lord. And Father, we thank you that from this moment forward, we'll walk in a greater measure of healing than we've ever known before. I believe healings will come quicker, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus because of the revelation you're giving us today, Lord, and that we apply these truths. Today, Lord, we declare we will not just be hearers of the word but doers of the word and father we thank you that that self-same word is activated in each and every life in jesus name and everyone said amen let's hear about what jesus did hallelujah glory to god matthew chapter 8 looking at verses 16 and 17. Listen what Jesus did here. It says, when the even was come, another version says, as the sun was setting, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed how many? All. You want to know the definition of all? All means all. That's the simplest definition I can give you. All that were sick. So nobody left untouched. Nobody left sick. Nobody said, ah, Lord, there wasn't enough juice there. We ran out. He, I'll, go, I'll come back another day. Everyone that they brought to them. Isn't that awesome? So anyone that comes to Jesus, he said, I will in no wise cast out. That's a wonderful promise. It says that they might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So, and then I'll go to 18 as well there. It says, now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, 
he gave commandments to depart on the other side. But Jesus, as you see the heart of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, turn over to Luke chapter 4. So we're going to go through a bunch of scriptures. I'll try to move as quickly. But if, you, if you're taking notes, write these down. I'm going to give you uh, five main points. But like I said, just write down. You go back and reference this. It's always good when you hear the word of God. You're like, man, that was good. And then you ask the man, what did he preach on? Well, I don't remember, but that's why it's good to take notes. Write them down, and you can say, hey, I'm going to use this not only for myself, but what about somebody else in your life that needs a miracle, that needs a healing? Well, I can teach them. I can The same things that I receive, the Bible says, freely you receive, freely give. So the truth of God's word is applicable. It's not just uh, for retention in our minds. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus declared, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Hallelujah. Let's go over to, still here in Luke, but here's my main passage I want to read. Let's go to Luke chapter 8. Wonderful story. Minister Mar re referenced the story of the woman with the issue of blood uh, Wednesday night and declared that how healing was wrought in her body and how she had suffered many things. These, these stories are so wonderful, and I believe it's not by accident the Holy Spirit is releasing these by the mouth of the prophets. It's to teach us and to help us understand, first of all, what is the heartbeat of God? Second of all, how can we communicate with God? How can we lay hold on these promises? And thirdly, to testify of the miracle working power of God. We never want to lose sight of that. that we're living in a day and age where people actually say the miracles were for yesterday. Not me. They're for me. I'll take mine and yours too. Amen? That's, that's the way we've got to be about this. We've got to go after it. You know, I, I'll, I'll preface this. I remember a minister had a vision of heaven. And when he went up to heaven, he saw this giant room, looked like a great big warehouse. And they opened the doors, and as he went in there, he saw body parts. Just like on shelves everywhere. There was eyes, there were ears, there were hearts. I mean, just all kinds. And he said, well, Lord, what are, he said, these are my miracles that I have for people, but they haven't received them. Now, that's what heaven affords. Lord, I can lay hold on the promises of God. Whatever I have need of. The Bible says in, in, in the Old Testament, it says he'll put in you a brand new heart. Well, guess what? That's not just a spiritual. If your heart's acting up and you've, you've got a bad valve or something, God can put a brand new valve in there. I heard the story of a gentleman that was, uh, he was actually, he had had surgery. I believe it was on his arm. And they had, because he had, had done such extreme damage, they put titanium in his arm and, and uh, you know, it a, had been in there for years. But he was believing God and just standing in faith for all that God could do in his life. He went to sleep one night, and he woke up the next morning, and that titanium rod was laying beside his bed, right beside him, and his arm was completely whole. What wasn't there, bone, was now created. And he took the, the actual titanium piece to the doctor to verify because when they put these parts in people's body, they, they notate them. They put the serial number and all that, and that serial number was the exact piece. And they asked him, who did surgery on you? He said, my heavenly father. Amen. 
But that's what God wants to do in each one of us, the miracle-working power. And I, I think the, the Bible says the sin of the children of Israel were not necessarily their disobedience. That, that caused them to, to miss out. But more than that, what really grieved the heart of God is he said, you've limited the Holy One of Israel. If anything in this season of our life, in this season of where the church is at and where the world of, let's take the limits off. Let's believe God big. Let's believe God that everything he's promised in his word, he said he's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle, a glorious church, a healed church. I believe that. The Bible says if the, if the children of Israel says there was not one sick or feeble among them, I believe that's for the body of Christ today. Amen? Let's go over to Luke chapter 11. Hallelujah. Or excuse me, 18. I apologize. And this is found in a couple uh, passages but I'm going to, for, for time's sake, we'll go to 18, starting with verse 35. Hallelujah. Luke 18, verse 35. Praise God. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh into Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. Weren't you glad when somebody told you about Jesus? That Jesus was coming by your way? Amen. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him. Boy, be quiet. Shut up. Don't disturb the master. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Then Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, the very ones that told him, shut your mouth, said, oh, the master wants you. <laughs> come right this way. But here's a man that shows he was bold enough to cry out when he heard that Jesus was in the place. It was noised abroad that Jesus was in the house, another passage would say. When we know that Jesus is in the house, we need to cry out, Jesus, your servant is here. I'm ready to receive. He was ready to receive. And the reason why the other passage is found in Luke chapter 10, for, verse 46. In this part, he says, as the man came, in, in Matthew or Mark, it says something very distinct in what he was doing. It says he cast off his garment. Now, that's important because it's, it's part of what I want to really minister on today as well is in order to have what you've never had before, you've got to leave some things behind. You've got to cast off some things. Whether it's, I mean, you might hear some things this morning. Well, I don't know if I, I believe that. It's okay. Let's ask the Lord to help you through the word of God. If it goes against, it rubs you the wrong way a little bit. Hey, just let's get in the word. Let's see what the word of God has to say about it because it's important. That man was, was issued by the government. A cloak, and that cloak, or, or, or a, a jacket, if you want to call it that, or a trench coat, we'll call it whatever, <laughs> in modern day. But he had a garment that he would put around him, and that was give him, it gave him the authorization to beg by the, the street. They verified and validated that he was a blind man indeed, and that was his only means of income was to beg. Now, I don't know about you. But he'd never seen before, right? So he was blind from birth. Now, this is the only, God's not the author of it. 
And see, the thing is, the devil is not, he can't create anything. He can only try to destroy. So everything he meant for destruction, just return it back on his head. Devil, I'll give you back that cancer. I'm not, I'm not receiving it. Is it that simple? Yeah, it absolutely is. I can live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. By his stripes, I was healed. I put the devil under. I bind. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That's the authority of a believer. You say, well, I'm not a doctor. I don't have to be a doctor. Well, my doctor said, all right, who's greater, your doctor or Jesus? The, the, the Jesus was called the great physician. He knows all about us. He made us. He, he knows our body better than doctors do. They're still, after all these years, trying to figure out. I'm not against doctors. Thank God for them. But doctors don't, still don't understand fully how the body works. They don't understand how a person can have a stroke and all of a sudden their brain will start rewiring itself. That's the wonderful part of God's creation, that God created our, our he said, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, think about it. He said, you don't, I remember when Job, he said, do you understand how the bones are formed in the womb? Doctors don't. They don't, they don't understand that. They can't, they can't uh, come up with a, exactly how they, they think they know by medical science. But we were fearfully and wonderfully made. He said he created the seeing eye and the hearing ear. Now, isn't that wonderful? He pointed that out while, while we were in our mother's womb, that he did these things. So how hard is it when a person is blind for the Lord to do that? By faith. It was part of his plan. You say, why did that person, just like the man, the, the man that was blind, was, was it his mother's fault, his father's fault? He said, it ain't about whose fault it was. He said, but for the glory of God. The time for miracles is today. The time for healing is today, right now. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ should have miracles and, and signs and wonders flowing through our services. You ought to be going through your neighborhood saying, i got to find somebody sick because there's a miracle working power in our church. I can't wait to see what's going to happen this Sunday. I mean, would you, would you like to have that expectation? Every Sunday you walk into the house, what's going to happen? Is it going to be deaf ears today or is it going to be lame and walking? Or, hey, hey, maybe somebody will sneak a dead body in here. We'll raise it back to life. Well, brother, that's pretty far-fetched. No, it's not. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. If you don't expect those things, if there's no expectancy, you'll never walk in them. Amen? All right, I've got to move along. Thirdly, I'm going to give you the five here. Immerse, immerse yourself in the word of God concerning healing. What does that word immerse mean? To submerge, to involve yourself deeply, to plunge, or to absorb. Never look at your circumstances or your feeling. If we are looking at these instead of him and his word, we will lose all he offers at. That's important. If you don't know anything else, if, you, if, you, if we haven't figured out and we don't, we don't have a full revelation of divine healing, I'm not saying you got to have it all. Get to the word of God and say, you know what, Lord? I don't fully understand it, but I know you said it. And grab the word for healing. Get a hold of it. The Bible says that he, he healed the broken harvest. He set at liberty. He recovering of sight to the, just the scriptures that I read today, that's enough to know what his word says about my situation. And all I've got to do is grab a hold of that and then what, do what? I apply. I just believe it. You know, it's funny how kids, the Bible says, except you become as a child, you'll not even see the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? 
Because if I told my little girl when she was little, Daddy can fly, until I proved elsewise, she, she believes I can fly. I didn't tell her that, but, you know, I'd like to. But, but, it, but she believes that, and that's what the, the childlike faith does. It simply says, now, now, Lord, now, if you prove it to me, show me it done ten times, and then I'll believe it. No, it just simply takes the word of God at its value. The word is enough. There's a scripture, I won't turn to it for time, but it says there was a centurion that came to Jesus and say, my servant lies grievously sick at home, tormented. And he said, Jesus looked at him and said, well, let's go. Let's go take care of it. So Jesus was willing to go. And he said, Lord, Lord, no. he said, it's, you don't need to come to my house. He said, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Now, that's very important because Jesus went, he got happy then. He marveled. He was like, hold up, wait a minute. Stop the music. Did you just hear what, what this brother said? Did you just hear the faith that came out of him? He's not saying, I mean, there's a tangible anointing. He knows that. But he's saying, I don't even have to go. I don't even have to go there and lay him. I was willing to. But he believes that there's enough power in the authority of my word, that when I declare the word over that situation, that it's going to change. And that was his expectation. He didn't say, Lord, if you'll pray seven times this week, if you'll ask the Lord, just remember, remember my servant every night in prayer, and it'll come. That's not what he said. He said, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Why did he understand it? Because he was a man, the Bible says, of authority and under authority. What did he do? He'd tell this one to go. You go over and you take care of such and such. And then it was out of his mind. He didn't go back later. To, now, did you do what I told you to do? No, because he knew he had authority. And he was also under authority. See, that's the key. We don't do this of our own selves. The Bible says, lest any man should boast. But because I'm under the authority of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, then I can declare and I can speak the things that Jesus told me to do because I'm a man under authority, but I'm also a man of authority. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. See, we, we, we get that misconception. Well, if the Lord wants to do it, he'll do it. No, he said you. What did he say? You raise the dead. You cast out devils. That's the authority of the believer. This man fully understood that. Because what? He knew the power of the word. If nothing else I've got, i got the word of God to send. Remember what Peter did? He's there on the boat. The disciples are scared. Jesus comes walking to them on water. And all of a sudden they looked, someone thought it was a ghost, and they told him, hey, don't, don't be worried, boys, it's I. So Peter gets the bright idea. Well, Lord, if, if it's you, bid me to come. Is there any other reference of Peter ever walking on water in the Bible? Had he, was he a practice fisherman who just walked on the water, forgot about the boat? No, he was always in a boat somewhere. I don't ever hear, there was no stories about Peter ever walking on water. But the Lord, he said, Lord, speak the word at thy word. In other words, when Jesus said, okay, come. So what did Jesus step out on? That very word, come. Don't know how, he didn't say to her, Lord, I've never done this before. Can you give me an instruction manual? No, he just simply stepped out on the word that Jesus gave him and began to walk. And what a perfect example. We criticize Peter because he, he, he began to sink, sink below the waters there. Why? Because he took his eyes off of Jesus. He forgot the word. If Jesus said come, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have any plan for you to sink. He had plans for you to walk with him. 
And that's the area of faith, is just simply standing. It doesn't matter what the natural circumstances says. doesn't matter what my body says. If he says, by his stripe I'm healed, I'm going to stand on that word. Until I see the full manifestation, and you'll see it. That's the wonderful part. My faith is not based on how I feel. Hallelujah. I like the scripture in John 3, 14 references. But it's talking about, just as Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. And we know that the serpents were biting. There was fiery serpents sent through the camp of the Israelites. They were bitten by them. And the Bible said the Lord gave Moses specific instruction to fashion a serpent on a brazen pole. And he said, lift that, ser that serpent up, and everyone that looks on that serpent will live. Now, those children of Israel, once they received the instruction, once that was done, the Bible tells us very clearly that everyone that looked lived. But there were still serpents in the camp. They could have looked at their bites. They could have looked at their. They could have. They could have looked at the uh, how bad they were feeling. They could have watched maybe others around them were dying, and said, "I don't think this is working." But instead, those that chose to look on that serpent were immediately looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I love that. Look and live. Look to Jesus. Look far past your circumstances. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He began to see the waves boisterous. He began to see the storm. And he lost sight of Jesus and all that. And all of a sudden, he began to sink. Because no longer was his confidence in Christ alone. Then all of a sudden, reason. Well, maybe, maybe I'm not really walking on water. Maybe this isn't. You start getting in the area of reason. That's not where faith. Faith casts down every thought. Every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Number four, settle it completely and be fully persuaded. How to receive healing. Settle, what's that mean? Settle it completely. You know, it's not hard for people that uh, receive a death sentence that have cancer or something terminal that's in their bodies, they'll go around in their because And I think it's, it's kind of ironic in a church will say, well, we've done all we can, now let's pray. We've done all we can, let's believe God. How about we believe God in the beginning? Dr. Summerall used to say, you can't believe God for a wedding cake until you believe him for a cupcake. Believe God for headaches. Believe God for, uh, for whatever, the small things. And use that. Don't be so quick to run and grab an aspirin. Believe God for the little things. What is it? Because you know what you're doing? You're exercising your faith. It's a great principle. And I'm not saying you have to suffer. Don't, don't get me wrong here. But before you even take the aspirin, just say, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you that this is just a small thing and maybe it's not near as, near as hard as somebody who's suffering. But, Lord, I just thank you. That your healing power is enough. That you can quicken. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And if that's true, that same spirit will quicken or make alive what? My mortal body. That means the spirit of God that's on the inside of me can quicken. Quicken, strengthening comes to my body. So anything that's abnormal, anything that's not working. I don't know why I might have a headache, but if I've got one, there's enough anointing on the inside of me. Because Jesus is on the inside of me. The anointing, the, the Bible says it's Jesus Christ, the, the anointed one and his anointing. 
And the, the Bible says because of the anointing, the yoke will be destroyed from off of our neck. So any chance you get, that's why you, you become skillful through much use. But if you allow an opportunity, I don't care what it is, we should always be challenged in our faith. We should always try to move into an area or arena where faith has to be ignited. Don't ever grow dormant. Don't let your faith grow dormant in areas. If you don't have anything to believe God for, ask your brother or sister, what can I believe God for? i got to put my faith. i got to give my faith a job. I ain't got anything I need to believe for right now, so what can I believe for you? Because we can believe for others, too. We can stand in the gap. We can use our faith to impact the lives of others. The Bible speaks of, in Romans chapter 4, verses 16 through 25, it talks about three things about uh, Noah or uh, Abraham. It says he was not weak in faith. He staggered not at the promises of God, and he was fully persuaded. I love that because you're talking about pre-Christ here. He didn't have the, the, the Pauline epistles. Abraham simply believed God. And as the Bible says, it was counted unto him as righteousness. But I love that phrase in there, and it's, it's very important to our walk. If I ask any of you here today with your hands raised up, how many are saved? You've given your heart to Christ. Born again. I know Jesus Christ is my personal. Can I convince you elsewise? You think about talking to you for about 45 minutes at the end, you're like, I'm not really sure I'm saved. You're, you're convinced, right? Why are you convinced? Because the word told you. You acted on the word of God. You received the promise that God gave you of salvation. You've confessed him as your personal Lord and Savior. He's put in you a brand new heart. Your life has changed. So I couldn't steal that from you. No man can take away your crown in that area, right? So you're fully persuaded. Why are we not that way with healing? We should be. Because it was part, what we did this morning in communion, those weren't separated from each other. If Jesus didn't take care of healing at Calvary, then he didn't take care of salvation. Ooh, that's a rough statement. You believe that? Absolutely. Because it was the finished work of Calvary. It tells me what his purpose was for. He came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he did at Calvary. He hath put all things under his feet. He was not weak in faith. He staggered. In other words, he didn't, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. How do I become fully persuaded? You cast down anything that speaks contrary against the word. That's how to receive a miracle. That's how to receive your healing. Anything that speaks, I don't care what it says, but the doctor says. Jesus didn't say, now listen, I'm going to heal you, but if the doctor says something contrary, it may not work. It doesn't say that. There was a woman that you spoke of. The Bible says she spent all that she had, her whole entire living. She had an issue of blood for 13 years. She spent everything, or 18, 12, there you go. Split the difference. For 12 years, all that she had, she spent and grew. The Bible says she grew none the better, but rather grew worse. So she ran out of resources, ran out of everything. And then what did Jesus do? She said, you know what? If I can but touch the hem of his garment. And we understood, like, like Minister Mark, that she could have been stoned to death for doing that because she was unclean. She wasn't supposed to touch a person. But by faith, she reached out and laid hold on that. And immediately, I love those words, immediately, suddenly. Those are, that's how God works. Now, here's the thing. Brother Don, what if I don't feel it in my body right then? Does that mean it's not done? 
Absolutely not. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What a wonderful promise. So that means from the moment I pray, the moment I ask the Lord for healing in my body, it's released then. I have it right now. Doesn't matter what my body, my body's just got to catch up, that's all. I've already got it in my spirit. It's already been manifested. I already see it as done. Until the fruition. And what do you do? You, the devil, because he wants you to get into a place of not receiving. If I simply said, hey, brother, if you come up here, i got $20 for you. Well, I don't know if he's going to. If you believe I'm a man of my word and, and I ask you to do that, then you, you have full, full assurance when you take the action of faith, right? Because there was, a, there was a, a command that was given. Once you do that command of faith, then there's a release that's given. By the obedience. And Jesus even said that with that man. <clears throat> he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. That's all it was. And it, immediately the man's eyes came open. Faith is not a, it's not a hard thing. And I love teaching on faith because faith is very simple. We complicate it. If a little child can understand it, then why can't we? Mostly because we don't know what the word says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We got to get the word of God on the situation. When someone says con something contrary to what the word says, those little red lights ought to go on. Woo, woo, wait a minute. Nope, nope, not, not going to receive that. That's not what the word says about my situation. Why is that important? Because the word applied will always get the result. I love it. The Bible says the fervent, effectual prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Another translation says, it has great power and produces wonderful results. That's what the word of God activated in our lives does. Let go of anything and everything that connects us to sickness or disease. Lose possession and take hold on healing. You can grab a hold of your healing. And the last one, receive and praise. I want to say this part because this is good. Go to Luke chapter 17. I'm, I'm going to wrap up here. Brother, uh, Minister Lee Howe, if you want to come to the keyboard, I don't want to go too long. Go to Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> Hallelujah. This is what praise does. We know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the Bible says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. One of the greatest weapons you have is your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. You can praise God in the midst of your storm and watch everything change. Your praise, the Bible says we're perfected in praise. I want to show you this in Scripture real quick. It says, it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. And there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Sound familiar? Sounds like a blind Bartimaeus. And when he saw them, he said unto them, he's, now this is according to the law. He said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Something very significant about ten lepers, right? We know what leprosy does. Leprosy un unchecked. People can lose, they lose feeling in their, their limbs. 
they can lose limbs because of infection and all these things. So we don't know how long these men had leprosy, but they were outcasts. They were placed out of the city where they couldn't, uh, couldn't even uh, couldn't socialize with the, just the normal people. And even the Bible says Jesus stood afar off because it was unlawful for them to even go and touch a leper in, in, the, old, in, the, in the New Testament here. But we have a situation, I love it, because he says as they went, when they received the word, Go your way and show yourself to the priest. They immediately received healing. But it says one. One returned and gave God the glory and, and worshiped Jesus. There's something about my praise. Hallelujah. That everything that was wrong could be made right. In other words, it's one thing. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm healed of something, but there was still loss. In praise, there's restoration of all things. It's powerful testimony because the Bible says, I love what he says, Jesus, he said, in fell, falling down on his face at his feet, he gave him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said unto him, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I love that word whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking. God is the restorer. He'll not only bind every wound, but he'll heal every heart, and he'll restore everything that the enemy stole from you. That's God's plan of redemption. That's how healing comes. Deal with the unbelief and root it out. Identify Christ as our healer and sickness comes from the devil. Immerse yourself in the word of God concerning healing. Settle it completely. Be fully persuaded and receive in praise. So Brother Don, that's real simple. It is. It, we... The word of God is simple. The truth of God, it works. And this is all we have to do. As you're, go ahead and stand on your feet this morning. Kali, or Labagoo, you're good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah.